Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlux's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlux partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sheerluxvip.com. A quick announcement about the Brief podcast. If you're enjoying being kept in the know about the latest current affairs news, then you'll want to subscribe to the Brief podcast as well as the Sherlux podcast, as we'll be moving the Brief over to its own designated podcast channel in the next few weeks. Simply search the Brief podcast in your podcast app and hit subscribe to stay informed. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Brief Daily from Sherlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Today is the 12th of July and these are the main stories this week. The Prime Minister's plan for a soft Brexit faced a number of challenges this week as Downing Street was hit by major cabinet resignations. On Sunday night, news emerged of a Brexit minister David Davis's departure, who cited in his resignation letter the need for an enthusiastic believer to carry out the Prime Minister's plan for a soft Brexit and not merely a reluctant conscript. Davis was quickly replaced by Dominic Raab, former housing minister and a known Brexiteer. Less than a day later, news came of a second resignation, that of Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson. Johnson left government in protest against May's plans for a soft Brexit, including those for a common rule book in a UK-EU trade area. The double resignation launched the Prime Minister into a cabinet reshuffle, which saw Jeremy Hunt become Foreign Secretary, with former Digital Culture, Media and Sports Secretary Matt Hancock replacing him as Health Secretary. Kit Malthouse moved from the Department of Work and Pensions into Dominic Raab's former position as Housing Minister, and Attorney General Jeremy Wright was given the role of Culture Secretary. The Prime Minister's reshuffle secured her leadership as the appointment of soft Brexit supporters into key cabinet positions has avoided any immediate threat of a no-confidence vote. Despite this, chaos continued within the Tory party as party vice-chairs Maria Caulfield and Ben Bradley announced their resignations. Both cited May's soft Brexit position as the reason behind their departures, with Caulfield arguing the policy is bad for our country and bad for the party. Downing Street also confirmed that the long-anticipated Brexit white paper is to be published today revealing the details of Theresa May's proposals for the UK's future relationship with the European Union. England have been knocked out of the World Cup in a tense semi-final match against Croatia. England captain Harry Kane spoke after the game, saying the loss hurts, it'll hurt for a while, but we can hold our heads up high. After an early England goal from Kieran Trippier, Croatia came back fighting, beating England 2-1 after a goal in extra time. Kane added, it was a tough game, a 50-50 game. I'm sure there was stuff we could have done better, but we worked as hard as we could. The match was England's first World Cup semi-final match since 1990, when the team crashed out of the tournament against West Germany in a penalty shootout. Croatia will now progress to face France in the World Cup final on Sunday, and on Saturday, England will take on Belgium in the third-place playoff. Dawn Sturgis, the woman exposed to nerve agent Novichok in Amesbury, has died in hospital. 
Police will now launch a murder inquiry into the incident as the search continues for the item contaminated with Novichok that has left one dead and another critically ill. The authorities are scouring locations in Amesbury and Salisbury for the item, which may have also been used to poison Sergei and Yulia Scribble in March. The head of UK counter-terrorism has said, This is shocking and tragic news. Dawn leaves behind her family, including three children, and our thoughts and prayers are with them. The second victim, Charlie Rowley, has now regained consciousness and been able to talk to police after exposure to the nerve agent left him in a coma. Rowley, a Wiltshire resident, has begun answering questions police hope will aid their investigation. As police continued the search for the Novichok-tainted item that poisoned the couple, Britain's top counter-terrorism officer warned the nerve agent could be potent for another 50 years if it remains in a container. Advice remains for residents of Salisbury and Amesbury not to touch any foreign objects or items they do not recognise. The 12 boys and their football coach, who were trapped for 18 days in the Famluang Caves in northern Thailand, have now all been successfully rescued. The Thai Navy SEALs overseeing the rescue confirmed every member of the group had been freed after a coordinated mission with expert international divers and military personnel, including those from the US and UK. Although the boys are thought to be in good health, it is likely the group will have to remain in hospital as a precaution for at least seven days, meaning the boys who are known as the Wild Boars after their football team will be unable to take up FIFA's invitation to attend the World Cup final in Russia. UK news. A study by Ipsos Mori has found only 66% of Generation Z, those born between the mid-90s and mid-2000s, identify as exclusively heterosexual. The figures suggest young people are more open to non-heterosexualities than ever. By comparison, 71% of millennials describe themselves as exclusively heterosexual, 85% of Generation X and 88% of baby boomers. Researchers said the changing figures reflected more open and fluid attitudes towards sexuality among young people. British counter-terrorism chiefs have issued a new appeal to help inform the public on keeping themselves safe abroad. As millions of holidaymakers leave for summer breaks, the police have called for people to inform themselves on foreign safety advice, releasing a video on how to react in a firearms attack. The video was created in the wake of the attack in Tunisia in 2015, which saw 30 Britons killed at a beach resort. The police have reassured travellers the risk of being caught up in an attack is low, but said it is important everyone stays alert and knows what to do if the worst was to happen, reminding holidaymakers of the run, hide, tell advice. The head of the Royal Navy, First Sea Lord Admiral Sir Philip Jones, has said Britain will increase its naval presence in the North Atlantic in response to the growing threat from Russia. Admiral Jones said the area had become a military priority for the UK, and extra Navy ships and RAF aircraft are to be deployed in light of Russia's intensifying resurgence of capability. A key area of defence for the military will be protecting undersea cables carrying an estimated £7 trillion financial transactions every day, as Admiral Jones warned of Russia's capability to detect and work on those cables. Prince Louis, the youngest son of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, was christened this week in the Chapel Royal at St James's Palace. Kensington Palace also announced six godparents for the baby prince, including the Duke's close friends, Harry Aubrey Fletcher, and Nicholas Van Cutsum, and the Duchess's cousin, Lucy Middleton. The Queen and Prince Philip did not attend the ceremony, as they were travelling back from royal engagements in Norfolk. Thousands gathered in London on Tuesday to watch over 100 aircraft fly over Buckingham Palace to mark the centenary of the Royal Air Force. Nine helicopters began the flyover, which featured the new F-35 Lightning's first public appearance and included iconic aircraft such as Spitfires and the Red Arrows. Facebook is to be hit with the maximum fine possible for its misuse of user data following the Cambridge Analytica scandal. 
Information Commissioner Elizabeth Denham announced Facebook will be fined £50,000 for its breaches of the Data Protection Act after the Information Commissioner's Office, ICO, found Facebook failed to safeguard user information and obscured how the data had been used by third parties. The Cambridge Analytica scandal unfolded earlier this year as news emerged the data company had harvested 87 million Facebook profiles with the information linked to voter manipulation in US presidential elections and the UK's EU referendum. Facebook has been heavily implicated in the scandal, with CEO Mark Zuckerberg called before US Congress and European Parliament to explain the company's role in the data breach. Due to the timing of the breaches, the ICO has not been able to levy the heavier penalties introduced by European General Data Protection, GDPR, which could have seen Facebook hit with a fine of £1.4 billion, or 4% of its global turnover. The BBC has released the list of its top-earning television and radio presenters in the 2017-18 financial year. Last year's listings garnered criticism as they revealed a gender pay gap at the BBC with no women among the top seven earners. This year's list revealed the highest 12 salaries were all earned by its male stars, with Gary Lineker topping the list on a salary of £1.75 million. By comparison, the highest earning female star was Claudia Winkleman on a salary of £370,000. Tony Hall, Director General of the BBC, said the organisation was making progress, but added, these things take time. Rupert Murdoch's media giant, 21st Century Fox, has once again been outbid by its US rival Comcast, only a day after Fox boosted its offer for UK broadcaster Sky to £24.5 billion. Comcast hit back this morning, tabling an offer of £26 billion for Sky. Fox's takeover of the broadcaster has been hindered not only by its battle with Comcast, but also those challenging the bit, arguing it would give Murdoch too much dominance in the UK media. Comcast's higher offer comes only hours before Murdoch expected to have Fox's takeover bid approved by UK competition regulators. In health news, the US delegation to the World Health Assembly in Geneva has reportedly bullied other governments to block a resolution promoting breastfeeding. The international resolution, which has been commended by infant nutritionists, would encourage breastfeeding after overwhelming evidence of its health benefits for babies. The US allegedly threatened other nations with punitive trade measures in order to push for the removal of text, stating governments should protect, promote and support breastfeeding. The threats have been linked to lobbyists for the milk formula industry, with major producers having contributed thousands of dollars to Trump's 2017 inauguration. The US eventually supported the resolution with modified text after two days of negotiations. Scientists from Yale University have developed a test which can accurately measure biological age and potentially reveal life expectancy. The test uses nine biomarkers found in blood to calculate the age of a body biologically, as opposed to using a person's birth date. The test can identify premature ageing, allowing doctors to understand what is contributing to the rate of ageing and help to reverse it. Yale pathologist Morgan Levine said the biggest advantage of the test was its ability to show differences in life expectancy among seemingly healthy people, allowing doctors to understand risks for the majority of the population who may have been missed by traditional health assessments. The NHS has suspended the use of vaginal mesh surgery, previously used to treat urinary incontinence with immediate effect. The suspension comes as the government accepts recommendations of a review into the device after some patients suffered life-threatening injuries. The surgery is mostly used to treat incontinence after childbirth, but has left thousands of women with chronic pain and recurrent infections. The chairwoman of the Independent Medicines and Medical Devices Safety Review, 
said the benefits of the mesh were outweighed by the severity of human suffering caused by mesh complications and praised the bravery and dignity of those who spoke out against the device. Doctors are warning people of the dangers posed by MG, a little-known sexual disease which can leave women infertile. The British Association of Sexual Health and HIV has released new advice on the disease due to its dangerous resistance to antibiotics. MG is thought to affect around 1% of the population, but it is often mistaken for chlamydia. The disease frequently displays no symptoms, and doctors are concerned if MG is not treated correctly, the disease could become the next superbug. The antibiotics used to treat MG currently have a resistance of 40%, and with their effectiveness decreasing, doctors have warned the best way to avoid the disease is by using condoms. In sports news, at Wimbledon, the final women's seed was knocked out of the championships on Monday. Karolina Pliskova, the last top 10 seed remaining, was beaten by Kiki Burtons in another shock win that has seen the likes of Venus Williams and world number one Simona Halep eliminated from the competition. The women's semi-finals will take place today, with favourite to win this year's tournament, Serena Williams, facing Jay Gorgeous and Jay Ostapenko playing Kerber, each fighting for a place in the finals. In the men's singles, Nadal and Djokovic will battle in their semi-final match on Friday, with Anderson facing Isner to decide who will progress to the Wimbledon finals. In celebrity news, Johnny Depp is being sued by a film crew member who alleges the actor punched him on the set of City of Lies, a movie about the killing of rapper Notorious B.I.G. Location manager Greg Brooks claims Depp punched him twice as he informed the actor that shooting had to end for the day. Depp, who was allegedly intoxicated at the time, is said to have attacked Brooks yelling, I will give you $100,000 to punch me in the face right now, before being pulled away by bodyguards. The location manager was apparently fired when he refused to promise not to sue Depp over the incident. Elsewhere, actor George Clooney was involved in a road collision in Sardinia as he made his way to a film set. Clooney is said to have been riding a motorbike when he was hit by a car. According to local paper La Nuova Sardinia, the actor was briefly hospitalised at the John Paul II Hospital Emergency Room with minor injuries. Clooney has been on the Italian island since May, shooting television show Catch-22 alongside Hugh Laurie and Christopher Abbott. Elsewhere in the world, world leaders including Theresa May, Donald Trump, Angela Merkel and Justin Trudeau gathered in Brussels yesterday for the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, summit. An international military alliance, NATO has been strongly criticised by President Trump, despite the US's continued membership. Yesterday's meeting proved a further platform for Trump to attack the alliance criticising Germany for its inappropriate reliance on Russian oil supplies and describing the country as a captive of Russia, a comment rejected by German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Theresa May also arrived at the summit on Wednesday, where it is thought she will announce the government's plans to almost double the number of British troops in Afghanistan. The addition of 440 troops to non-combat roles will bring the total number of British soldiers serving in Afghanistan to 1,090. There are currently 16,000 NATO troops assisting Afghanistan's military forces in national security and advising the Afghan army on its ongoing fight against ISIS and the Taliban. Record-breaking temperatures have been recorded across the Northern Hemisphere over the last week. The temperatures reported included the hottest 24-hour period ever recorded on Earth when Oman experienced a sustained temperature of 42.6 degrees Celsius and England's hottest day of the year on Sunday as temperatures reached 32 degrees. Record-breaking temperatures have been seen in Canada and across the Middle East and Europe, where large areas of heat pressure around the hemisphere are causing sweltering weather, 
some believing the heat wave is a result of global warming. In southern Quebec in Canada, extreme temperatures have been blamed for upwards of 50 deaths, and authorities have urged citizens to take precautions against the heat and keep an eye on friends and neighbours. Western Japan has been hit by deadly floods and landslides after record levels of rainfall saw some areas hit by a month's worth of rain in just two hours. At least 179 people have been killed by the severe weather conditions, with the number expected to rise as dozens remain unaccounted for. The flooding triggered an evacuation of two million people, with thousands remaining stranded in shelters as rescuers continued their search for missing people. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe met with evacuees on Wednesday to witness the damage firsthand. At 179 deaths, the flooding has been the worst weather-related disaster in Japan for more than 30 years. Iranian authorities have arrested a woman after she posted a video of herself dancing on Instagram. The woman has been named as Mayday Hudrabri by activists and is among a number of people arrested in Iran for posting videos of themselves dancing online. Hudrabri has since appeared on Iranian state television to apologise for breaking Iran's moral norms, although activists suggest this was a forced confession. Catholic priests have been fighting back against the xenophobia of Italian interior minister and de facto prime minister Matteo Salvini. Salvini, who leads Italy's far-right league party, has hit headlines for blocking a rescue ship with over 600 people on board from docking in Italy. At least 200 migrants have drowned trying to cross the Mediterranean in just the last few days. Priest Gianfranco Fomenton has preached in support of migrants, saying Salvini had encouraged racism and labelling him a magician in cultivating hate and manipulating anger. As a result, Fomenton has been the target of the far-right. His home and rectory were ransacked by Salvini supporters in February. President Trump has nominated Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court following the retirement of Justice Anthony Kennedy. The nomination, if confirmed by the Senate, has the potential to be one of President Trump's most consequential decisions, tilting the balance of the United States' highest court towards conservatism for years to come. Kavanaugh has been praised and congratulated on his appointment by some, with President George W. Bush describing him as a brilliant jurist. Others, such as the Women's March organisation, have criticised the decision, describing his nomination as a death sentence for thousands of women, referring to Kavanaugh's reputation as a pro-life judge and the threat of President Trump's pre-election promise to reverse the ruling, which legalised access to abortions. After 18 years, Ethiopia and Eritrea have put an end to their state of war with a landmark new peace accord. The two countries had maintained a military standoff for almost two decades after taking opposing sides in 2000 over Somalia's civil conflict. The deal has been held a great success by Pope Francis, describing the agreement between new Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed and Eritrean President Azias Afwerki as a light of hope. The nations have pledged joint support to a number of projects as a result, including opening embassies, developing ports and re-establishing phone communications and flights between the two nations. Our facts of the week are There's been a series of earthquakes in the southeast over the last two weeks, with passengers at Gatwick Airport reporting feeling buildings shake and others saying the tremors felt like huge explosions. There have been three minor quakes felt across Surrey and West Sussex since the end of June, with the last on Thursday measuring 3.1 on the Richter scale. Starbucks has joined the fight against plastic waste, pledging to eliminate plastic straws from its coffee shops by 2020. The Seattle Coffee Company said it will switch to non-plastic straws and is in the process of designing lids which remove the need for straws completely. It joins a growing group of companies, including McDonald's and Iceland, who are ditching unnecessary plastic, which is often dumped in the ocean, harming marine life. And finally, 
An enormous crocodile measuring over 16 feet and weighing almost 100 stone has been captured by the authorities as it headed towards the town of Catherine in Australia's Northern Territory. The croc, which rangers have been hunting since its first sighting in 2010, has been rehomed to a crocodile farm in the region, a good distance from populated areas. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.